0: Hey, thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope that you'll be able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithorl. We hope that this message will be an inspiration to you and that you'll find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Uh, Paul wrote two what appears to be conflicting scripture And uh, we'll go to both of them. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, it says this, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. Look at it. He says, I I am not, uh, I haven't obtained, I'm not already perfected or mature, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid hold uh, of me. Now, let me read you another verse that appears to say something different. just a, a few lines later in verse 15. And the word says, therefore, let us as many as are mature... Now, it applies in verse 12. He's not mature, and now he's saying, let us, all of us that are mature, let us go on who have this mind, and if anyone you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. So he is declaring that in one passage that he hasn't reached perfection, but he's gonna press on. He's implying in the next passage that All of us who are mature, let us go on. So why why the apparent conflict with Paul here? Uh, It's only apparent, and there are many things in the Bible that you will discover that appear to be apparent contradictions, but they are not once you dive deep into the word. And so you see this, uh, Paul saying one thing, or appears to be saying one thing. I will say that, In the first verse, Paul is saying, I have not reached where I'm going to go. I've not reached the goal of perfection, the goal, the end game of perfection or maturity, but I'm gonna press on. In the second verse, he is saying that I am as mature as I should be I am reached a level of maturity, but there's still growth that needs to take place in my life. I think that we can say, if Paul was saying that uh, he was uh, still far away and he needed to go on to to press on, then every one of us should do the same. It's kind of like saying this. How many of you have ever said, maybe there's a teenager they're 16 years old and you say they are so mature for their age they're so mature or even a a a younger child you might say uh, they're so mature in other words they're a standout They're not uh, the normal uh, child. It seems like they have been elevated to another level, either through uh, the application of parents or study or something going on in their life, or they're just made that way, gifted that way by God. So we say they're really mature for their age. Now, we seldom say... To a 90-year-old, a, a they're really mature, you know? We don't uh, usually use that reference word uh, with a 90-year-old. We use it with someone who is still growing, still growing, and yet they're a standout. So Paul is saying, I'm walking in all the light that I presently have. I'm not perfect, but he says, I'm mature where I'm at. I'm mature for my age in Christ, so I'm going on. I'm pressing on. And that's exactly what God wants for every one of us. He doesn't want us to get stuck in infancy, spiritual infancy. And we'll talk more about that. He wants us to reach every level that we should reach in God and not stop growing. So God help us all. How do Christians mature? Well, there are many ways, but first and foremost, you and I have got to mature through the Word of God. So a babe in Christ, a babe in Christ when they're first born again, and uh, there were people that came to the altar the first service this morning. Uh, I don't know where each one of them were, but if one of them came to the altar and uh, they accepted Christ, they were born again, now they're a babe in Christ. And uh, what do they need to do? They need to immediately get into the Word uh, of God. They absolutely, and uh, we're, we're telling them that kind of thing. And uh, I'm going to jump over again, guys, forgive me, but First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. The Bible says, As newborn babes in Christ desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. All right, so let me read it again. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. In other words, uh, every believer born just born again needs to get into the pure milk of the word, the foundation, if you're a new believer, Just stay out of Revelation for a while, okay? Uh, You need to be reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, don't go much past that until you get that down pat. Those are the fundamentals uh, of faith. Uh, Then you move into Acts uh, and Romans. Well, uh, jump over Romans to start with and just go right into the epistles, all right? Because they're instructive to your life. But uh, it's the pure milk of the word. Uh, When a person is born again, they have an inter-desire for the word. And if they don't go to it, it is because they choose not to go to it. Uh, Raised on a farm, and I've said this many times over the years, but being raised on a farm, I have seen many, many animals uh, give birth. And uh, when they give birth, whether it was a cat, dog, uh, I, I like to use the word, uh, or the animal pigs, because at one time we had quite a few of those, and it was absolutely amazing. When the sow would go to give birth, and they would have many times anywhere from seven to 11 piglets, and they would be born and uh, the sow would be laying down. They would be born, I don't want to get into uh, you know anything here, but anyway, uh, they would be born, and they would have their eyes closed. They couldn't see, just like, what, dogs are, uh, usually don't, or puppies, and, and then these little piglets would start moving, and the incredible thing is, they move right toward the milk to immediately start the nourishment process. And so, if you uh, are leading someone to Christ, you've got to tell them to get into the Word. You've got to admonish them to get into the Word. We don't want that little piglet running off, all right? We want them in the Word of God. We want them to grow by God's grace and mercy in their lives. So, continue in the Word. But don't Stop When you're 40 years in the Lord, don't stop. You should be conquering Revelation at that time, or most of it anyway. All right, surrender, number two, surrender completely to the Lord. You will grow as you surrender completely to the Lord. Once you pull back, you stop growing. Once you stay out of the word, you stop growing. Number three, you submit. That's a beautiful word. Submit. Say it with me, submit, submit to God's delegated authority. Uh, In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 13, it talks about the apostles. God gave the office of the apostle, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. Why? For, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we, here it is, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So these offices are given so that they are to help the body of Christ to grow. They are not to be a, a selfish person. They are to be a giving person with helping others first and foremost. But the people that have been brought in to this church are to submit to the leadership of this church. If we're walking in biblical principles or we're presenting biblical principles, I love it when people email me uh, things that they feel like God spoken to them And uh, they email me and say, Pastor, I feel like God is saying this. Well, uh, that's fine and good, and I appreciate that. Um, It may help me, or always does, but that does not mean that I'm going to accept that word as a word for the church. I have to have God speak to me, and whoever said otherwise, they have to submit to the leadership and pray for us, even if we make a wrong decision, that God would turn it around for good, all right? And so, people have to submit. A um, young man one time was going to go over to First Baptist, good church, great church. I've known the pastors there for years. Uh, and he said to me, uh, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. He said to me, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to talk to him about the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, no, you're not. Oh, no, you're not going to do that. And uh, I said, unless you're in a situation where personally somebody's asking you, you're not going over there with the intent to do everything you can to tell everybody you can about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You go there, you submit to that pastor. He's a good man. He may not be there yet, but you're not going to go under there and undermine him. And so uh, leadership, uh, we're not always there, but that's why... I hope you're praying and uh, by the grace of God we'll get there so submit submit is a beautiful word submission uh, even if it's at home ladies you are if you're married you are to submit to your husband my wife and a couple others followed okay all right Um, wives actually you're supposed to submit to your husband all right now he's supposed to submit to you too oh now you're getting an amen up okay okay here come the amens all right let's go back to the other one for a moment okay of course he submit to you but if there's two opinions he gets to make the final choice And the wife says, honey, got some men, yay. (laughs) Honey, the wife says, you know, I I hope this is the right decision. I love you. I, I do trust you. And I, I'm, we're just going to pray. Even if it's wrong, God's going to turn it around for good. And so that should be the attitude. But men, I mean, step up to the plate in love, in God, and recognize you've got authority and you need uh, to act like it. All right? The wife is, is to be godly and uh, Christ-like and submitted to the final authority of the man in the household. Uh, Don't put this, don't send this to the news media. All right, I'm just telling you. I don't feel like dealing with them today. Number four, praise and worship. Praise and worship. Uh, you got to learn to praise and worship. If you're going to go on from being a babe in Christ, you got to learn to praise and worship. It's so simple. But, I mean, some of you, you got it down. All right, all right, I'm just telling you. You have it down. I hear you, all right? During worship, it's good. Uh, but there are others that come into this church. They're new. They've never been in a church like this. And uh, they're like, oh, my goodness. Uh, they've never raised their hands in church in their life. They've never raised their voice. In church ever in praise and adoration of God and so listen if they're a friend of yours don't go to them say you just need to get your hands up and start praising God no be tender and gentle you weren't you weren't there yet when you first got saved Uh, well maybe some of you were but anyway they need tenderness and encouragement Uh, it's a big deal for people that have never done it to walk in here and see everybody with their hands up. But they're more likely to just follow suit, okay? If you're worshiping also. But if they see you standing back there during worship, Pastor John's up here leading in reckless love and, and you just don't even care. And so, you know, it you're just standing there. And they walk in and they see somebody worshiping, they see you. They're like, oh well, look at them, they're not worshiping. And so, you don't want to be a hindrance. No, all of us need to get to the place, and you have to if you're going to go on, all right? I said you have to if you're going to go on. You've got to if you're going to go on. You've got to learn to physically lift your hands in worship. If you're new to this, go to the back row. Nobody can see you back there, all right? That's a good place to start. And and verbalize praise. I mean, you may... It may be soft to start with, but go ahead and start and you will start to grow because you realize God inhabits the praises of his worshipers. And so he will, he will inhabit you and cover you with his glory. Hebrews 13, 15. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, the sacrifice of praise. I believe one aspect of that could be when you walk in here and you don't feel like it, you don't feel like praising. Well, you just need to go ahead and offer a sacrifice of praise and worship and praise Him anyway, whether you feel like it or not, all right? The Bible doesn't say praise Him unless you don't feel like it, all right? Number five, suffering can help you mature. Suffering, oh boy, can it? All right, so Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10 For it was fitting for Him for whom all things and by whom all things "...are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect or mature through suffering, through suffering." Look at that, Christ uh, uh, from whom all things and by whom are all things, in other words, it was Christ that spoke the world unto existence. Well, I better go back to this. First of all, uh, so in, re- in regard to suffering, whether it's physical, any type of suffering in our life, as a believer, we have to make a choice. Are we going to ask God, why, 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 why me? are we going to get discouraged are we going to get bitter are we going to complain no what are we going to do and we're going to make the choice that we're going to trust God. We're going to speak faith. Uh, we're going to believe God. We're going to encourage others in our suffering. We're going to understand that when we get through the suffering, we have experience on our side. We've got experience coming through suffering so we can help those that don't know how to get through suffering because we've already been there. I came to a a funeral service, I guess it was last Saturday, Saturday. Uh, Mo, the, the gentleman that our our policeman out front that's been working with us for like 20 plus years, his wife passed away. I sat in the back. I didn't personally know her, but I heard story after story after story of going through cancer, and this woman, I mean, encouraging others, and her doctor gets up and starts talking about this woman and saying, when it first happened, I called him in and talked to him, and I said, you know, you feel like you're in a ditch, but you're going to get back to the light. So I don't know if he was a Christian. That, that wasn't implied. But he said, no, she didn't get back to the light like I told her. She passed away. But I will tell you this, she became the light. We look forward to her coming in, encouraging us with a smile and uh, walk. in she said, he said, on her darkest day, she was still smiling, she was still comforting others, and I sat there, didn't know her, but admired this woman of God who went right through suffering with a Christ-like attitude. Number six by everyone. You mature by everyone doing their part. Uh, 115 uh, uh, yesterday volunteers doing their part. Next year, we may need 315, all right? So we need to carve out a little more. Maybe, you know, there's sometimes you can't use everybody, and but at least they can stand around and pray, all right? And so maybe we can, but let everybody do their part. And then uh, we go back to the babies. Number one, there are newborn babes in Christ. We all start out in Christ as a newborn babe. We all started out as a baby. One day years ago, my mother gave birth to me. The whole town celebrated, and uh, no, just you know a few people, but Dad especially. He wanted a boy. He had a farm. He needed somebody to help him, and so. Uh, they celebrate, but we were born again, born then, and then we were born again. And so we were new in Christ. We were a babe, though. We didn't know much. There was a whole lot I didn't know. But that's why you have to get into the Word, start reading what you do know, and, and the Holy Spirit uh, directing you, and then, then you go on in the Word. And so there's newborn babes in Christ, but then there are believers Christians who uh, have been saved maybe uh, three years, two years, even a year, maybe five years, 10 or 15 or 20. And they have not grown a bit. They're stuck in spiritual infancy. And unfortunately, do you know what Paul says about that person that won't go on? And they're not only not mature for their age, uh, they're still acting like a baby after 20 years of of, uh, apparently serving God. They come to church. They worship. They do things. uh, But... They don't have faith. Uh, They don't do the simple thing. They're not nice to family. They're not kind. Uh, They don't work hard on their job. They don't do the simple things. They don't demonstrate uh, the fruit of the Spirit in their life. They don't tithe. They they haven't gotten baptized, and it's been 10 years already. You need to sign up today, all right? And uh, if you've been saved any time at all, sign up. Get baptized baptized get into a class learn the Word of God Alice talked to a young lady last night this lady, she just beamed she I don't think she'd been saved very long she would beam every time we see her she beaming and uh, uh, Alice told me after service she said she, is uh, here on Wednesday night, here on Saturday night. She goes to this class before service on Wednesday night. She does this, she's in this. I'm like, my Lord, have mercy. She needs to slow down. No, there's something inside of her saying, I'm going that way and I'm going to take every obstacle, move it out of the way because I'm going to get there. There are those that just seem to get saved and then they're in the pulpit preaching. Because they are just going after God with all their hearts and so many of you are like that but we want to grab the rest of you and pull you along so we don't want to be carnal my God what does Paul say Paul, Paul says that carnality is acting like mere men or natural unsaved men and he said we're not like that and then in verse uh, 15, 13 of Hebrews 5, it says, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled. In other words, here's somebody that's been saved for a good while. They should be gone further. They should be more mature. But they're partaking still of milk. They are unskilled in the word of righteousness. Babies are unskilled in the word of righteousness. The Bible contains, listen to this, because some people have gotten this really confused. They're like, you know, I don't need milk, I want meat. No, you needed milk first, and then you need meat, all right? Uh, Every one of us. But the Bible contains truth for babies in Christ. It contains milk, the fundamentals of the Christian walk. And then it contains truth for the mature, the meat of the word. we already read 1 Peter 2 and 2, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that they may grow thereby. You don't, you don't give a filet mignon to a six-month-old to chew on. No, you know, they get to eat that junk stuff in jars. And You know, I'm like, I shouldn't say that. God forgive me. Um, I guess it's carried millions of people through into a, you know, into being a little bit older. I don't know how they eat it. Prunes smashed up, squash smashed up, little jars like this, you give it to them. What what choice do they have? They have to eat it. Uh, They're hungry. Sometimes they spit it out. They can't talk to you and tell you, Please. Get me something else isn't there anything but this gerber junk? guy oh, anyway <laughs> forgive me i shouldn't say that if you got gerber at home i'm sure it's good i'm sure it's good all right and when you're i don't know you you can't remember when you're a baby whether it was good or not so you're you're at an impasse all right but meat and milk are needed at the right time but in as a baby They need the pure milk, and as you grow, then you can get into books like The Revelation and Greater Truth in the Word, but at the same time, you gotta cover the fundamentals. You gotta get down the fundamental principles of the Word of God, Uh, and how fast you grow depends on you. I said, how fast you grow depends on you, and I, brethren, could not speak to you in 1 Corinthians 3, 1, I, brethren, cannot speak to you as to spiritual people. He's talking to the, first, uh, to the Corinthians. He said, I couldn't even talk to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal. I mean, here Paul is writing to the Corinthian church and saying, you're all carnal. As to babes in Christ, there was infighting. There was choosing of leadership, favoritism, division. And he said... You're acting carnal. Christians don't act this way. People that are mature don't act this way. You're still acting like you're stuck in spiritual infancy. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, this brings it up, the solid food, the, the other. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use, here it is, they're applying themselves, have their senses exercised, to discern both good and evil. And then he says in Hebrews 5.14, I got, yeah, a little more. Uh, Hebrews 5.12, he says, for though by this time, oh, maybe I need to really slow down here. Hebrews 5.12. You know, as, as pastor, and I know um, in a few weeks from now, the first of the year, uh, pastor Johnny is gonna be the lead pastor and he feels the same way. We look out and we see people, we see you. And I have a tendency as pastor to look at all of you as spiritual giants. I have a tendency to, to absolutely think the best of the best of the best of you. And that's good, but sometimes reality is that you're not there yet but he says here for though by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of god you still haven't gotten down pat the fundamentals i've said it before but a lady came to me jumping for joy years ago when she she's moved away. And I love her. I loved her then and I love her now. She was a wonderful woman. But she came to me rejoicing after a service, and she was like, I finally get it, I finally get it. I see that I I'm gonna start tithing, I'm gonna start tithing. And part of me, I'm standing there like, what the I've known you 27 years in this church. You have to, you know, act happy on your course, you know, she finally gets it all right. Oh, thank God. And then I turn and walk away and I'm like, what is wrong here? You mean to tell me I I felt felt like a failure. I felt like someone that been in someone's life for 27 years, and they're now just getting it? Let's do the, let's do the foundational things. Let's get, let's get those things down pat, amen? Spiritual babies, spiritual babies that are still stuck in infancy, they become dull of hearing. They become dull of hearing. Let me, let me challenge you here for a minute, all right? Uh, I've probably spoken on the subject of the baptism of the Holy Spirit over the years probably 40, 50 times. But I get excited every time I preach on it because it's so wonderful to see people receive. And if somebody were to come up to me and say, hey, well, I've heard that one before, I'd be like, of course you have. Of course you have. And you're going to hear it again because there are new people coming in. Don't have that, that's an attitude of dullness of hearing. I wanna live in such a place where I don't care if it's the 100th sermon I've heard on a particular subject. I'm gonna sit there with excitement because it's the word of God. It is living, it is powerful. And I'm gonna sit there like, this is wonderful. I can take, even if I get one thing out of this, and they say you go to conferences and you walk away, typically you get one or two things out that are gonna help change your life, where there's something in the word every time you hear it that can change your life forever. So be excited about it. Okay. I wanna challenge you to do something because they're saying, them, whoever them are, are saying, I'm out of time, all right? So anyway, uh, but here's what I wanna close with and I closed differently the first service, but here's what I wanna close with. People are born again and they are, they don't know a lot, they need a lot of help. Some of them flounder, we wanna be a church that comes to the side of those who are newly born again, or those that are a little further along, but they haven't matured. We don't wanna push them aside. Say, you need to get your act together. No, what can I do to help you? What can I do? I'm praying for you, and start encouraging them. When newborn babes are born um, to elephants, the mother is not the only one that watches over see this video here a mother and her small baby just born there are lions in the distance and they wouldn't like nothing more than to get to that little baby but she's there by herself and of concern and she starts calling for the family let me just put it, the family of God, all right? And so here are the lions out there. Mom said, we need, I need help over here with this baby Christian. So we're gonna call for the family of God to come. And here they come. Elephants surround that baby and uh, protect that baby. You know the scripture that says the devil like a roaring lion seeks whom he may devour, he loves to devour babes in Christ. He loves to devour those that have just gotten saved so he can go to them and do everything he can to pull them back. And if we don't do like those elephants, run to their side, pray for them. If you lead somebody to Christ, follow up encourage them don't forget them and uh and when they need prayer call other people i need you to pray for so and so we need to go to the lord let's pray like my lord you see those elephants dashing in to help may god help us to be the same way so that babes in christ can go on to maturity i hope you enjoyed listening to the faith assembly podcast Thanks for joining with us in our pursuit of getting closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.